Welcome to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast, where we look inside the mind of seven-figure entrepreneurs to see how they amplify their business and amplify their life. Let's welcome today's guest. At the forefront of human-centered innovation, the impact of today's guest's groundbreaking work can be seen in individuals and teams across the globe, bringing together over two decades of business experience, neuroscience, brain mechanics, and behavioral psychology. She has created the first tools to truly make innovation tangible and accessible to us all. Through her proprietary assessment, the Innovation Quotient Edge, her newly released book, Innovation is Everybody's Business, Everyday Innovators Online Academy. She helps leaders and teams discover the keys to unlocking their innovative mind to get in the flow, create breakthrough outcomes, have stronger, more valued voice and build high performance teams that innovate and win together. When companies like Red Robin, Arrow Electronics, Army Research Lab, Schneider Electrics and Disney want to develop innovative people and ideas, they call this lady. She has run multi-million dollar businesses and launched a few of her own. You can listen to her innovation rants and insights on her popular Inside the Launch Street podcast. And she's a sought-after keynote speaker, first-time Ironman trainee. And as a kid in computer camp, she won the I'll Try Anything Once Award. And that motto still lives on. Please give a very warm welcome to Tamara Gondor. How are you doing? I'm great. I feel like there should be a round of applause happening somewhere for that. <laughs> I'm going to be getting one of those stream deck things, you know, where you can go, woo! So it's coming. It's, nice it's coming. To be here. <laughs> Fa- fantastic. So, Tamara, great to have you on the show. So, for anyone who doesn't know, firstly, what, what is an innovator style? Yeah. So, you know, I think, Paul, you know this because you took our assessment. We'll dive yeah. into that in a minute. Your everyday innovator style, and let me just give you a little bit of context, that is your natural way of innovating, your strength, your wellspring of innovation. Innovation is something that people mistakenly think is for the select few. Even thus, us in the entrepreneurial world go, well, it's not me. I'm just keeping my head down. It's Paul over there with his cool backgrounds and his funky glasses. But what science has shown us is that we all innovate. However, what my research has shown is that we all do it differently. It's unique to us. What I think is really exciting about our work is that your everyday innovator style, the triggers that apply to you, that's your competitive advantage in the marketplace. That's how you stand out. That's how you add value to the world. That's how you build a business that works for you and helps you be a strong leader to the teams that you build. So to me, it's not just, hey, here's how I innovate, how fun. But it's also, hey, this is how I get to scale and grow my business. And this is how I bring my best self to the work so that you can get to the results you're looking for. Yeah. And I'm the guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what what was interesting, I, I went through the, the yeah. quiz and the assessment myself. And so I came out the other side and, and you also sent me a, a video a little bit afterwards and the mm-hmm. words and the language patterns that you, that you used. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what, what I say. So let's let's dive into that a little bit i'm i'm open to sharing who who i am what innovator style i am so there's 
there's not, there are nine triggers, nine ways that we as humans innovate. Each of us has two power triggers and a dormant trigger. So we won't talk about the dormant today. That is your, it's a place that you're, it's going to exhaust you if you try to play there. And what is interesting about that is a lot of us are accidentally playing there and we're wondering why we're not satisfied. We're not getting results. Well, we're playing over here in this dormant area. The part that you and I are going to focus on, and for you as the guinea pig, are our two power triggers. So that's our wellspring of innovation. That is that value that we bring. That's the genius we have to the world. Yours, interestingly, so there's two of them, are collaborative and inquisitive. So Paul, you know this about you, but for your audience, let me just say, collaborative, people who have that as their power trigger, you pull disparate um, ideas and people and experiences together to create whole innovation. So you, the value that you bring is being able to pull people together, get buy-in, and you're always looking for those little nuggets from people to actually put together into a whole idea. So you may pull a little bit from me, a little bit from your last guest, a little bit from another experience. You see things in a way the rest of us maybe don't. And then the inquisitive side is all about deep innovation. So for you, to no surprise with your podcast, innovations in the questions, not the answers. So the brilliance in that though, Paul, is especially as an entrepreneur, is that means that you challenge the assumptions, you pull back the layers, while the rest of us play on the surface, you're going, but wait a minute, why do we do things that way? Because of that, you tend to be innovative and create new approaches to things that we didn't think of, because you're questioning, well, why do we do it that way to begin with? So before I keep going, let me just ask you for a second, does that sound like you? you're pretty much exactly spot on and just just to give an example so people think it's not just like some kind of woo woo um my so one of the things that we do we do a daily huddle every day and um Mm -hmm. on a friday we do two things one is a customer wow section so everyone has to bring a customer wow to the table and then after that we do a sharpening the saw section so everyone says in the next seven days what are you going to do to sharpen the saw and the phrasing that I use all the time, it's always we. It's never I. There's no yeah. boss in our business. There's only a leader. <laughs> See, that's totally something a collaborative would say. Yes. But, but I, I want to I dig into it a little further for a second. The fact that you set up for your team to bring these, these customer wows to the table is you leveraging your collaborative side to build a stronger team. Mm. And using it to fuel your innovation, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you get out of those sessions, don't you have, aren't you swimming with ideas because you're pulling all this disparate information together? And I'm going to give you an example on the other side for a second. I had a client once who they launched a toy product, brilliant toy product, super unsatisfied, company wasn't growing, they really weren't with customers. And the reality is it's because she had set up the business in a silo. So here she was, and like everybody else who was doing a product business, she manufactured the product. She marketed the product on social media, which was for her a one-way communication tool. She, like her marketing was bland at best. And she took the assessment and realized one of her triggers was collaborative. And she was like, wait a minute, I'm doing this in a way that doesn't work for me. So I'm not bringing the ideas to the table. I'm not staying up till midnight to get it done because I'm not energized. So she totally changed it up. She, she created these customer panels. She cre- changed her social media completely. And what happened? Her business shot up because she was bringing her genius to the table. So I think as entrepreneurs, we don't have a lot of time to waste. And I think your example of how you pull your team together is exactly an example of how do you leverage your innovator style to build the stronger team and to build the stronger company. And it fuels you. Yeah. Yeah. And something alongside that as well my 
so my mentor said right you want to make sure your vision is 100% clear of, of where the business is going so it's like yeah. great I'll instead of me just going great I'm going to go and write the vision I went to the team and said right by tomorrow I want you to come back to me in 24 hours and tell me what is the vision of the company and then what we're going to do we're going to collate those together and create that vision together because it's a team effort not not me so I'm going to give your team a little insight into how to get buy-in from you on ideas you ready for it (laughs) go for it I'm going to share a little bit about me and then I'm going to loop it back to you because I want to see the difference. Mm -hmm. I'm a risk taker experiential. So I innovate by leaping and getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I want to push boundaries. And that is where I innovate is in that space of uncomfortable and I'm experiential. So I'm all about doing right. I want real world. I want it. I need to bring an idea to life to be able to innovate against it. So one day I was, so I was running this consulting firm just a little while back and my team came to me because I'd said to them, Hey, we need new revenue streams, right? Our clients love us, but we have nothing for them to buy on the back end once these projects are done. So they went and did their thing. They came back, so, never forget this. I was sitting in the conference room and they're sharing these ideas with me. And this is to your point about word patterns. And they were saying things like, so tomorrow we did the research and we believe these ideas, these service ideas will work because they're proven our competitors are doing it um, and the data shows. And in theory, we think this is a good idea. I shut down every idea that day. Now I didn't have the insight I have today. Yeah. Two weeks later, they came back to me and they said, Tamara, we have these ideas. We think it's gonna push the boundaries, take us into new places. We think that, that um, we think that it's gonna like, you know, separate us from the competition. And we've done some experiments by talking to our customers and here's what they've told us why they like them. And I was like, yes to everything. (laughs) So, so for you as a collaborative inquisitive, if you said to your team, Hey, go figure out some new revenue streams for us. We'll just use that example again. Mm. When they come back to you, to your point about language, they want to use your language. We collected this. We went to all these different sources and pulled these ideas together. We questioned how to do it this way. We looked at the assumptions in our business and we pulled these ideas. They said that to you, Paul, you're going to be like, yes, yes, and yes. So the, the beauty of the everyday innovator styles is we have these personalities, right? We have these behaviors, actions. We have this language that we use. And when you understand that about the people around you and yourself, you can connect better to get more buy-in. So I share that for you and just to use you as the example and team, there you go, right? But if you go to, if they go to you and say, you know, we just believe this is idea is going to work because it feels right. So that's great for an instinctual, by the way, mm. you're going to be like, yeah, but where's all the nuggets, right? That pull it together. Give me, give me the numbers. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. Tell me where this all came from because you want to see how the pieces fit together. Yeah. So, right. So that, that language is fascinating to me though, because I think as entrepreneurs, it gives us insight into ourselves. When we are working with our teams who we need the most out of, it gives us insight how to connect with them and they connect with us. And oh, by the way, in sales, if you really want to connect with some someone, just speak their language, but we all have it. And our, our innovator styles are keys to that language. Yeah, and, and in a sales perspective as well, there's there's so many different layers of speaking someone's language as well. Like yeah. the the other ones I learned was like, are they a, a why? Are they a what if? Are they a how? Or they right. yeah? Are they so avoiding the negative? Are they seeking the positive? Like there's different types of people out there. And some people are just like, oh wow, I get I get it. I mean, you can sell on this podcast as well, right? We we've got the same energy level. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, and, and then you're like, oh, I got, I got on really well with tomorrow. But like, if you would, if you were a little bit more like, yeah, so let me tell you about these uh, innovator styles. Right. Academically <laughs> speaking, Paul. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, it's that matching and mirroring that's really, really important. Um, so how, how do you ensure that your team is innovating along with you so you, so you can do that growth and scale? Yeah, so that is an incredible question. And I think what a lot of our work is with clients is how do you build a team of high-performing innovators? I think particularly as small business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, one of the lessons I learned early on is uh, you can't be the only one innovating. And I used to get stuck. It was like I was bottlenecked because I there were a lot of people doing the work, but I was the only one innovating and it was exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting. And we were just missing opportunities all over the place because they're out there with clients, not me a lot of the time, you know? So a couple of things. One is I think everybody has to understand their everyday innovator styles because to kind of our conversation, our innovator styles are different. So I need to understand what I bring to the team, how to bring out my best, but then I also need to understand how to leverage the other people on my team. I think particularly in small teams where we're really tight because we are working 24 seven together, um, a lot of friction can be caused because, you know, there's different perspectives, there's different experiences that come to the table. So that's number one is I think we have to really understand and then ultimately leverage each other's that diversity of thinking that we have. So we have, this is the, here's the math. Well, it's not real math. Here's fake math for you. I've never understood. Let's say you have 10 people on your team, whatever it is. You could have a thousand. It doesn't matter. Why would you only leverage 50% of their potential when we could be leveraging all of it? And all of it includes that innovation. We often miss that. So I think number one, and the reason a lot of our teams don't innovate is because they don't know they're innovators. They don't see themselves that way. We have this persona of the innovator as the Steve Jobs and the Elon Musk. And those guys are awesome. And JK Rowling, they're all great, but that's one way to innovate. We all have it. And then the second part to that is, I think we have to understand how we contribute. So you know, I, I spend a lot of time with my team and I, I fought in the beginning because I thought, let's just get to work. But I backed it up. And, you know, the, in fact, just three months ago, we spent a day putting together this whole blueprint around where we all contribute and how we add value and how we innovate. And I think when people understand their innovator styles, when they understand their, their contribution, where on that blueprint they fit, and then we give them the permission to actually do it and make mistakes and be okay to fail. So that's a whole, like we could probably have a whole conversation about that, but I think you need that on the back end. If you do those three simple things, it becomes very simple to build a team of innovators. Mm. One of one phrase that we use all the time is outcomes, not outputs. Mm. Right? So it's not, let me go and tell you everything you need to do to, to output that thing. I'm going to tell you the outcome, go and yeah. figure it out. And then if it's not 100% right, that's okay. I, I can help you tweak it and then put it in SOP. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think I think two things on that. One is I think there's a difference between effort and mistakes. And yeah. we need to focus on effort and let mistakes happen because they happen. We can learn from them. We shouldn't repeat them, but they happen. Um, I will tell you, I had a woman who worked for me. She was supposed to get me a meeting with somebody. And she, uh, we were having our staffing meeting and she said, well, I've emailed three times. And I said, well, that wasn't your goal. I don't care how many times you emailed. Your outcome was to get the meeting on the calendar. So find another way to get it done because I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I mean, I think, like I said, and I think effort and mistakes are two different things. I think we, we sometimes accidentally focus on mistakes when we should be focusing on effort. And do you think the 
innovator style effects because you, you strike even though we've actually got like because i think my dormant one is is your your experiential yeah 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 so yeah. Uh-huh. How, however it strikes me that like both of us have got this little tolerance for for bull crap right as, as you get further up so you look at those and, and is that affected by innovator styles as well of kind of like how direct you are with people yeah so uh yes so i am so you will question people and they will take it as you're poking the bear and challenging them yes yeah, you're like, yes, tomorrow. Exactly. Yes. Because you're, but you're also innovating. It's not that you're trying to poke them. You're just, you're thinking. That's how you think. Yeah. I'm a risk taker, which means I speak declaratively, which means I don't use question marks, even when I'm asking a question. And it's a running joke with my team that I never use question marks. So even when I mean to. So, <laughs> so yes. And, and here's the other thing I'd add to that is so, so different styles have different ways of speaking and different kind of moods that go along with it. Yours is more inclusive, but the inquisitive side is more challenging and mine is more declarative and tangible. That's how I kind of communicate. But I think there's a second layer to that is uh, we as the owners, as the leaders, we need to recognize that our teams are gonna innovate differently. We can't expect them to innovate like us. So I used to get very frustrated with my teams because they didn't do what I did, right? They didn't build the idea two minutes after having it and they didn't like leap off the ledge immediately. So clearly they weren't innovating. Well, I was wrong. You were innovating by asking those questions and by pulling all these inf- this p- information together. You know, Joe over here was innovating by connecting dots in new ways and by, um, you know, creating clarity out of the mess. So I think we have to be careful. It's not just our tone, but it's how we recognize innovation in our people. And it's not always just the big innovation. Sometimes it's the small and they all do it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, de- definitely. It's the uh, the small iterations or all to all together. I mean, they say you can have a death by a thousand cuts, but you can, you can also, you can also flip the opposite way, right? And uh, there's little tweaks make giant peaks. Yeah, I think we uh, overlook the micro innovations that are as important as the big disruptive. And you know what I found in my experience is that rearranging the box creates more powerful breakthrough innovation than trying to go out of the box or disruptive or blue skies, whatever you, whatever the catchphrase of the day is, because it's, you know, ultimately what happens is, this is what happens in our brain is we go, we need to go outside the box. We need to go blue skies, but you know, there's this lizard brain inside of us and it's going, yeah, but Paul, you have a box. You have to yeah. deal with it. Stay so, in your box. Yeah. yeah. So what are you going to do? Right. And it wants to keep you in the box. So if we, if we look for opportunities for innovation, small and big, right in front of us, I actually think there's more room for innovation. If we look at companies or entrepreneurs that have been wildly successful, I would argue that a lot of them, they didn't suddenly walk away from what they're doing and you know get totally transformative. They simply rearranged what was right in front of them and they found something that created breakthrough in the long term for them. Mm, de- definitely. I mean, Amazon did that where, where you look at how many new initiatives that they try and people yeah. people don't talk about the ones that that didn't work. They only talk about the ones that that did work. But there's something as well that I wanted to dive into was so like knowing that everyday innovator style. Like you say, that can be the difference between scraping by and reaching seven figures. How how was that ca- the case? So that is your. It's kind of what we were talking about in the beginning. That is your basis of innovation. That's your competitive advantage. So. When you understand your everyday innovator style, you're unlocking innovation every single day. It becomes a mindset. It becomes an action. 
what that really allows you to do is navigate change and maybe even harness it and get ahead of the competition. So, you know, as I always say, different trumps better every day of the week. Mm -hmm. So if we really want to thrive, if we want to kind of leap ahead of our competition, which we all do, uh, we really need to understand innovation and how to think differently. And again, to your point, that could be small, that could be big, but your everyday innovator styles, your foundation to that. I know how to do it for me. I know how my team does it and we get to do it together. So now we've got compounding interest on our innovation. If So it's actually a, a great time to have this conversation and for that question, because if you look at the last 18 months, so we all know we had this crazy pandemic, 2020 was a year that none of us ever want to talk about again. Mm -hmm. But let's look for a second at the entrepreneurs and the businesses that are crushing it out there. They figured out how to jump the curve and create new opportunities for themselves. And they're crushing it now. And there are others that actually didn't innovate, don't understand their innovator styles or how their teams innovate and what's happened to them. Well, I would argue they're scraping by or that we don't even hear about them anymore. So I was just talking to someone the other day who was telling me a story of a colleague who owned a huge, I want to say huge, multi-million dollar company. And um, he's driving Uber now because he could not make the change. Wow. So yeah, and hey, good for him for doing what he needs to do. I will never knock someone for that. But my, my point is that springboard to get to the next level wherever you are in, in your journey is about understanding how you innovate, how your team innovates. Innovation isn't about a process. So that's the mistake, other mistake we make, right? So we get all like wrapped up in agile, design, lean, whatever it is. I can't tell you the number of phone calls I get from leaders or owners who say, tomorrow I, just, I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on this process and nobody's using it. Well, it's because that's not how you drive innovation in your company, it's through your people. They're the ones that drive it. So you gotta start there and then we can back up to tools that you want. But it's kind of a long-winded long answer to your question, but my point is simply that innovation is the springboard and that starts with you. Yeah, and that's super powerful. Uh, innovation is a springboard and it starts with you I, li I like it I like it a lot so tomorrow one question that we ask everyone who comes on the show is what do you want to be remembered for when you die oh uh, I want yeah so here's the thing I want to be remembered for unleashing one million everyday innovators into the world and here's why if a million of us thought differently looked at things differently had a fresh perspective imagine the problems we could solve, the opportunities we could create, the joy and satisfaction we'd all, all feel, which, oh, by the way, being an innovator actually taps your reward center in your brain. Research has shown that. So it makes you feel good, right? How good does it feel to like creatively solve something? So when I think about my legacy, I want my legacy to have helped other people elevate their performance to a level they never thought possible, because I think if we all did it, we would just, we would change the world together. That's, that's superb amplified answer shall I, <laughs> shall, shall I say I like like that and what what do you feel is one quick win that people can use to amplify their business today uh I so the quick win to me is I would ask always be asking the question when you make a decision an action when you're putting marketing out when you are interacting with a client over email in fact I just thought this today the question I would ask myself is how can I do this different not better so oftentimes when we put stuff out into the world, we go, well, how do I improve this a little bit? I would argue that if you thought about how do I make this email different? How do I make my communication different? How do I make my website different? You will find that you will dial up your stand in the marketplace real fast. 
yeah, I'm a big fan of different, um, yeah. you know, we're quirky, <laughs> shall well, we say. And let me, and, right, I know. Well, I am too, obviously. But uh, let me ask you this, Paul. What are your favorite brands or businesses? Like if I were to, like the thing that you, the brand or business that you just, it speaks to you, you love it, you could talk my ear off about it. Oh, Whatever it is. Favorite brands, favorite brands. Try, trying to think. I like Bose. Mm, how come? Uh, because they don't compromise on quality. So great. I hadn't thought about them. I'm going to add them to my list. What I hear you saying that too is in a world where everybody's all about, it's not about quality. It's just about like accessibility. They're mm -hmm. doing it differently. And that speaks to you. For me, my brands, well, my big brand would be CrossFit. And I love it because it completely disrupted the fitness world and the business model is totally different than any other model that existed. Aside from doing it, like I love that about it. And I could talk your ear up about it. I asked you that and I say that because for your listeners, if you're out there thinking about like, how do I, how do I, what's the importance of being different? Mm. Think about the brands and businesses you love. And I guarantee you that they are doing something different than everybody else in the marketplace. And like you say, it doesn't have to be better. It's just... Yeah. It's just different. I mean, that's something we're focusing on at the moment is like, how do we create the best customer wire onboarding experience that someone has ever had in their life? I love it. And you know, the, the other thing I tell our clients all the time is um, well, two things. One is how to be ownable and defendable. Different gets you there, right? I want to own it. I want, when people think of human innovation, I want them to think of me and Launch Street and nobody else. And how do I build something that's defendable against the competition? And our assessment helped us do that, among other things. So how do you how how do you create something that's ownable, defendable? And then, and you know this, Paul, better than anyone, how do I create a business model that scales that mm -hmm. isn't about my time? Yeah. Because it is really hard to get past. I used to be in that business and I was on a plane 24-7, and it's really hard to get past that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of key takeaways in there. So if you're listening to this, just listen back over that part and pick up all those little nuggets and ask yourself, how can I be different? Mm. And that is key. So what? who tomorrow would you nominate to be on the show next? Oh, well, I just talked to her last night. So this is like the perfect timing. Her name is Donna St. Louis. And I think her website is Donna.com. It's D-A-W-N-N-A -N -N -A or something like that. So she is an entrepreneur rock star. She runs these mansion retreats. She is phenomenal. I absolutely nominate her. And she is my go-to person when I'm stuck. And I swear, I, I can't, well, here, I'll show you real quick. I got off the phone with her last night. This is the result of that. Can you see all these sticky notes? I got to go through all these now. If you're listening so, to this on the audio version, there's about 20, 20 <laughs> post-it notes. I got a lot of notes to go through. She's phenomenal. I, I like it. That's fantastic. We'll reach out to her. And and Tamara, it's, it's been great having you on the show. Where can people learn more about you and, and take the assessment as well? Yeah. So if they go to our website, go to launchstreet.com. So G-O-T-O, Launch Street, all one word. Um, and if they use the code podcast, they'll get a discount on the assessment. If they want team assessments, they can reach out to me. But basically... Everything is on our website. And just, Paul, if you don't mind, the only thing I'd love to mention is on July 12th, we start a math three-week masterclass for people who want to leverage this innovation tool in their toolbox to scale their businesses. We work with coaches and consultants and also organizational leaders. But to our conversation earlier, like you got to differentiate yourself with a tool that people are going to recognize and find ways to scale. 
Yes, fa fantastic. So go and check out that assessment and the links will also be in the show notes as well. Tamara, it's been fantastic having your energy on the show <laughs> as well. I always have so much. What can I say? Paul, you're a fabulous <laughs> host. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So you've been listening to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast with me, Paul Ace, and my amazing guest, Tamara Gondor. And <laughs> we got it right. We got it right. Remember, amplify your business and amplify your life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast. To access the show notes, episodes, and this month's giveaway, head over to www.amplifytosevenfigures.com. Remember, amplify your business, amplify, amplify your, your life. life.